Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey everyone, welcome to the Banging Book Club. I'm Hannah, and I have with me Alina and Lucy. Hello. Uh, hey. That was creepy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bangers. This month we read A Little Gay History, Desire and Diversity Across the World by R.B. Parkinson. Yes. And this was a quite a small book. This is the smallest one so far. Oh, it was definitely. a proper museum DK style guide to yeah. being gay in it. Well, I found this book because I was at the British Museum. Yeah. And it has a very official sticker on it, Stonewall Honor Book. Yeah, it got like an honour from Stonewall. And the American Library think it's okay, so who am I to say different? When have Americans ever got it wrong? There's <laughs> like a little, like it's a secret pattern trend of me being racist towards American people throughout the internet. If you search yeah. for them, there's quite a lot. Anyway. So if you have read the book, then keep listening. If you haven't, then there is like a summary video thing on my channel. Um, but right now we're going to just like get down and dirty. Mm. And if history is a spoiler for you, then <laughs> I don't know how to. Help I know you. these are just facts, mate. Spo- facts. Spoiler alert: these things actually happened. <laughs> Catch up, people. Catch up. Um, so yeah, this is basically it. Takes a lot of objects that are in the British Museum and kind of discuss what they mean and how they relate to um, the history of homosexuality at the British Museum. Apparently, I've not done this, but it's not quite clear what objects are, do relate to homosexuality when you're like just wandering around. But if you go online, you can like download like basically an LGBT map of the museum. Oh, that's really so cool. you can that's find cool. all of the objects relating to that. They should do like little um, pink triangles on the floor, like breadcrumbs. You follow <laughs> them around like a gay trail. Like, but there's a long a gale. If oh you my were. god. But there's like a lot of debate in museum studies at the moment about should you put like LGBT history like and label it and be like, here it is, like massive display, big exhibition about it. Or should it just be kind of like unnamed and hidden and just a part of it rather than separated from it? Does that make sense? Mm, yeah, I get you. I think... But these were the same debates they were having about women's history like 30 years ago. Yeah, sure. So. I was just going to say, surely it's like women's history, subaltern history. Like. Yeah. Um, my lecturer who ran our queer fiction module at university um, had the argument that we have to segregate and talk about something before we can assume that it's part of the norm. So I think... I agree Ooh, with you. You have like to have that. an exhibition about LGBT before you can just integrate it because people are ignorant yes. and we're all ignorant and we need to do a thing. 
That's why we're doing it. Sure, probably sure we both looks there. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, that's really cool. Yeah, I like I like it. Thoughts, ladies, then on the book. I didn't like it very much. I think. Well, it you was... don't like gay people, Lucy. <laughs> I hate the gays. I always knew she was a closet homophobe. Oh my you could God. tell it was the way she spoke. <laughs> no, honestly, I think it's such a cool concept, but it would work so much better as an exhibition, and it just felt mm. like I was reading something I should be seeing. And yeah. for me, I found that ultimately like very frustrating. Well, why don't we do a banging book club outing to the British Museum doing the LGBT trail? Deal done. Oh, Why are we even amazing. doing a podcast? Let's do it now. <laughs> real life, real life. It's that moment when you're doing something and then you already have a better idea. <laughs> you done it. You're like, damn um, it. Don't take the I know, I just peeled the sticker off. Oh, Does this mean I'm sexually frustrated? Can I actually, the I genuinely got quite sexually frustrated reading this book. Is that just me? You are such a historyophile. What's the word for being sexually attracted to like historical objects? I don't think it was there that part of it that there, I was you're being attracted man. to. But also, this is the what first time I've ever seen Hannah blush. <laughs> like, ever. Yeah, why stone penises suddenly make you embarrassed? No, I just, no, it was just because I was reading on a train and I was just get, thinking That's thinking about sex whilst I, was, whilst I was reading it. And to I be fair, like, there are some statues in here from Pompeii of men with absolutely fucking huge penises. Oh, and the one where <laughs> like, it's all flipped over and he's sucking his own dick like but, but there You're are missing like, out on, on Lucy's gestures. I'm so sorry oh. my parents hear this. Oh. But she raised her arm up like a Loch Ness monster <laughs> and then got it to attack herself. It was great. <laughs> In the face. Yeah. But th- that was based on gods, not humans. That's yeah. why they had such massive dicks. It was because they were divine. That's where I've been going wrong with my dating profile. <laughs> Search a... gods. Gods only. <laughs> One of my other gripes with it was like, it felt like it stretched a bit. In terms of what was what was counted what, the as penises, vagina joke, vagina yeah, joke. vaginas. <laughs> no, um, in terms of like what counts as as like LGBTQ plus history, mm-hmm. and like the documentation. It does kind of, of say that it's like was this homosexual gods. or was this homosexual? But like androgynous gods, I don't know. That feels mm. more like a less history. I don't know, and less like relevant. But then maybe I'm being very ignorant to the experiences. Of, of the, the gods. Yeah. <laughs> of these gender fluid We're God gods. We're positive here. <laughs> yeah. So many gender fluid gods. I think you have a point. And I think also um, because it's very different to the other the other books we've been reading have been the author opinion-led. Has, yeah, the author has And an also opinion. like point-led. And this didn't really have a point. But then that's the point. It was it more no like point. describing objects. Yeah. Yeah. But what did you guys think? I don't know. Because obviously I studied this. So I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But like, what did you guys think of at the beginning when it was talking about labels and stuff and how we can't use modern labels like gay or even homosexual to an extent on people of the past and how you use the term same sex desire? Did that make sense to you yeah. guys? Yeah. I so, agreed with that. Yeah. I, it, uh, it's the same way, like, so loads of people say that you can't call Jane Austen a feminist because Jane Austen didn't have a word for feminist and she never accepted herself as a feminist exactly. or believed she was a feminist. So, yeah. I don't yeah. know, it's really hard because it's, is it a label? Because you can't or call these people identity? gay because they well, did, had yeah. no understanding of or concept of gay. But yeah. then imagine if there was a world where there was no gender and then you looked at that world and was like, you're a woman, you're a man. Well, actually, then. But then you have a word for something that was. Pre-feminist, which is proto-feminist. What? So proto-feminist. Yeah, proto-feminist. I don't know that word. Really? What? what? New word, Lucy. Teach us. Proto-feminism or proto-feminists are like pre-feminist. I didn't know there was a word for that. I was just oh like, they're not God. feminists because they're not. How am I even listening to those words? You did. You did the information imparting. It was me all through my degree. Does oh this God, mean we can call 
like ancient Greek men that had sex with men? Can we call them like proto homosexual? I'm not sure because it's like feminist is a choice, whereas uh, orientation is innate. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's but it wasn't. Though. But not at that time because they didn't believe it. There was an orientation. It was like only in the late. 19th century that they started that they were like oh this isn't something that you choose to do it's like part of who you are we basically need a whole we're bit of vocabulary like... <laughs> yeah because there's, yeah. there's clearly loads of stuff that hasn't even been explored by our language yet and yeah. you're right all these concepts are like a bit what too detailed if i am a sexuality that hasn't been defined yet and in the future somebody would be like that's what lena liked and she was a dot 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 <laughs> And I you'd be can... like, well, how would you feel about being labelled like that? I don't know. Because you I think known. fine. Because I think there's also when you say, oh, like, like, when you use words for me like woman and straight, they are definitely what I identify with. But then maybe they don't explain in minute detail what I actually like and what I prefer. And when there are more names for things, maybe yeah. I'll be able to more act. Because when somebody says, what kind of guys do you like? I can't really say. <laughs> do you <laughs> mean I don't have a... I'm like, there are... It's really hard to articulate yeah. what you... I think I it's know. good to point out at this point, at this point, yeah, that we're all straight. Mm. Mm. Um, and we, we're talking about homosexuality and LGBT stuff here. So, just bear that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's also important to do that. Um, and I don't think... Do you know what I mean? I think sometimes we can be like, oh, that's what gay people read. Yeah. <laughs> they want to no, read about exactly. their own histories. But one and of like, the, that's not... But that thing, was my fear, you know, reading it, that I wasn't enjoying it. And was it because it wasn't my interest? I was really like... Not beating myself up about but it. But no, but because worried. it's my interest. It's definitely like... Yeah, because yeah, for me, it was. I, I don't think I liked it very much because to me it wasn't history. It was an exploration of objects. But that's part of history. I did a whole module on like material history at uni, so I'm going to have to disagree with that. I'm really... Material history. You're also history. entitled to find it boring because I find a lot of women's history boring. Like, yeah, I genuinely yeah. do. I'm like, I uh, can't. I just don't. I found a lot of I'm sorry, Lucy, boring. but how could you find, where is it, these images? Oh, I thought they were so cool. No, I thought uh, they were really cool. I love the cartoon. Like, we're talking about the Japanese erotica. For all of you who want to follow along, it's 7-7. Seven, seven. Yeah, That's page 7-7. 7 7 what? Friends? <laughs> Come on. This is, it's I've seen of, a lot of Friends, oh my but God, I have no idea what show It's like actually. one of the only episodes I seem to keep seeing. Those episodes I haven't seen of Friends, but every time I turn <gasps> oh, on, I like, oh, one, two. Oh, one, two. I don't remember what's in relation to it. Anyway. I'll find the clip later. Um, it's amazing. I love these pictures so much. And I love, How can you love them? I love the fact that the, the dildo that the women have is just massive. I like that there were sex toys before I thought there were sex toys. And also... I stared at this image for a Trying really... to figure out the position. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh no, I missed this. So I was on public transport when I was. They're having anal sex, but also the guy on top is also just playing with his own penis. But the way the buttocks are drawn, and also it looks the way like that he's the, the way wrong that, way round, and also the way that his feet are. Oh, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. I think he's like an owl, and he can turn his pelvis like. <laughs> yeah. Are you sure it's not a third person under there? <laughs> Like, no, but there is someone watching. Yeah. Man that's the whole point. Top. It's like meant to be like a voyeuristic thing. It sounds like Japan's a very good place to have lived in history. Yeah. Um, They're less open about sex now, but um, yeah. I really enjoy this line. Who's it? The attractive young actor strokes himself as his client makes love to him. Um, blah, blah, blah comments. <gasps> this was my favourite. Was this my favourite? Good point? heavens, the method of having male sex involves some elaborate handiwork. Yeah. yeah. Is what it says. And in, then a picture um, of it and sent it to my friend. In the Japanese. In Japanese, above and then the it, image. In the one of the two women with the sex toy in the Japanese, apparently it says, hurry up and put it in. 
Leisha's we're not done. really that different from um uh, from ancestors. <laughs> I just I just we're do have them. this like mental thing in my head where I just always think like for some reason like oh they don't have sex like we do like in the mm. past oh they didn't really have like they didn't really understand sex in the past I'm totally wrong they didn't have words to talk about it and but the thing is the sex the... you know they had oral sex and stuff yeah but also like your language informs your experience as well as the experience mm. informing the language that you used to describe it so if you don't have the language there to talk about certain things then you the experience itself will be different even if you're doing the same thing like mm-hmm. I don't even it's believe so that weird. like yeah, having, no, it, having a concept and having context and having language to understand your experiences will change how you experience it yeah does that make sense yeah I'd see that or at least how you remember it so when I say if I slept with somebody and I was like I did this to them and then we did this and after this we did this and it was here and like <laughs> But if I didn't have any words for that, I'd just be like, we had sex. And I wouldn't remember it. Or maybe you would show us instead. (laughs) Hey. Hey. (laughs) You've not seen my list. (laughs) I've definitely done that with people. Like, recreating. I've been telling a friend about, like, sex that I had I can see you, like, standing in your head and being like, and then I did this. (laughs) And then all, like, rolling on a sofa (laughs) and then being like, and then I I put my toe in my own mouth. And (laughs) I don't know what you do. I've definitely sat on friends before. And like fully clothed. Yeah, you've done this with me. (laughs) Yeah, I am not. (laughs) You've not been privileged. Quite a while ago now. So whatever crazy sex you were having hasn't been for like two and a half years, probably. Or maybe she's got more words to explain it and hasn't had to like really show us. Or maybe I've grown up and I just don't (laughs) climb on people (laughs) anymore. (laughs) Aging, Hannah. I know. Aging. Um, Weird. Anyway, Lena, what are your thoughts on this book? Um, I really, really enjoyed the book, but I um, don't think it was a book in a traditional sense. No. And I think mm-hmm. if I was looking... Basically, if I was really interested in the history of gay sex and gay identity, I would take this book and then I'd pick four stories that interest me and then I'd want to read those books. Mm-hmm. And I don't think every part of it interest, interested me. Because it was really and also brief I forgot about how, Because um, like, I really enjoyed getting this really brief overview, but that's because I'm not that interested in looking at... Like looking, I don't, I'm 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 a reader who's very happy with a very brief amount of information that tells me the funny bits, and then yeah. it's like, and then they went on to marry them and died, or something. Yeah. Like I don't need to know everything, mm-hmm. so it's yeah. like a kind of whistle stop tour. But also, I, there's some parts that I was like, I really want to read more about this, like the spy. Um, oh yeah, yeah who she's she, he she. They were using she in this, but yeah, then when they did a he, the choice of pronoun, but did but, yeah. But when they did a post mortem, found out that she had a penis. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I also think it's really interesting that this is, you know, there's, there's actually a lot of transgender and, yeah. and stuff in it. Well, all of the transgender stuff that I learned at uni in terms of history, um, the stuff that I came across was always female to male. And, but if you, the only, like, like it says in this book, is that often the only evidence that we have of L- any kind of LGBT history comes from court records and basically just from the institutions that were trying to oppress those groups mm. so it's going to be like a very biased mm. history yeah um because they're like the records that are most likely to survive when you're dealing with a subculture but so the records that survived were basically women being charged with fraud for dressing up as men because that was like <laughs> yeah it was, it was fraud <laughs> yeah um but then there are like 
several reasons why a woman would have wanted to dress up as a man like the power it, that it yeah saying. so it could so it yeah. could be for one she just wanted to like live freely in society get a job and earn money and own property and so she was passing as a, a man just to be able to do all those things the other could be she is what we would now call a lesbian and wanted to marry a woman and like so like pretended to be a man it's so that they could like have a publicly heterosexual relationship and then the other thing is that she was now what we would call transgender. So, like, she, he, like, f- felt like they were male. Yeah. So, like, there's so many... And we don't know. And yeah, and it's, it's, it's hard to quantify that. And yeah. you, there aren't any stats. It's weird because I think oppression doesn't just breed, like, pain. It also just breeds this ignorance, this historical ignorance. That we're mm-hmm. like, you just didn't, you just erased them. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, if you're a woman living in, say, like 14th century Britain and you decide to dress as a man because you want to earn money and get a job and be financially independent, mm-hmm. are you appropriating transgender culture? Did transgender okay? culture at the moment, yeah. exist then? Probably not. So is it, it's not offensive. I don't know, it's weird, though. Because no, I feel like, they would have had no, because they're both equally oppressed, surely, in society at that point in time. Yeah. But I don't think there was any, like acknowledgement of what maybe transgender was they maybe use the word hermaphrodite mm. they probably use that word a lot but doesn't that mean with both genitals yeah exactly mm. but there were, that was probably like an umbrella term yeah i don't know i don't know and this discussion really, of the third really gender fascinated me hmm? yeah just the discussion of the third gender that's really cool but no spy that fascinated you <laughs> no, tell no, me you more go. well we're that sounds like so british we're like no you go yeah no, that's you. like some james bond the spy um, that fascinated me. <laughs> that is the next one. <laughs> now we've got Wonder Woman. Like, who knows where oh we're going? God. We're going to have like a, a transgender Bond girl. <sighs> the spy who fascinated me. <laughs> that would be so good. Um, just because I think there's, there seems to be a few people in this book that have so matter-of-factly gone through life just being like, fuck it, no, I am the other one. <laughs> like, <laughs> I am uh, different. This is just like, she just like, he sorry he she claimed that she claimed that she was born female um but was brought up as a man to secure the family inheritance so but actually Amazing. when they did a um a, a post-mortem on her on him on them then also them because there was no them there was no neutral pronoun so well, can also, we call them them because they didn't know that they could but also <laughs> they're french so there isn't a them oh, yeah. in french in the oh French my language. God. Is there no them? How the There's, heck do the French do in gender In French, pronouns? them, you have, you have female them and, and male them for plural. So there's oh no, man. like... Yeah. Because we have they in the sense of, like, singular, but you don't know the gender, or, like, there are they. Yeah. Mm. Oh, my God. But in I, French, I, I don't know. I so much of my GCSE French out of my brain until that moment. It's in French, it's il, il, or l l. It's this, it's this portrait of them... That I really like on page um, one seven, sorry, just seven nine, um, where it's a, a, a portrait of them just kind of looking quite happy, and the 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 historian po- points out that uh, she looks untroubled by any doubts or conflicts about identity, and all that's masculine about her is that she's got this military badge on her breast. But I like yeah. the fact that uh, like he he does like kind of put some history as a he, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the guy that's writing the. He does put some kind of history in it because he kind of points out things that I'm like, that's quite important morally. That he points yeah. out that, that they look happy. 
But and is that she has an accurate portrayal? Because it's a painting. No, I don't know what exactly, but who did like, the painting? Because whoever's who doing knows? the portrait mm. wants the person to be pleased with the portrait. If they were well off, so they're not gonna make they would have commissioned it. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Lucy, what were you going to say? I don't know. Either way. No, I don't know. I don't know. Um, also, um, I, this made me. This whole book made me realise that in the British Museum and in this book, there's so much male nudity, and I yeah. feel like in history, men were probably as objectified. <laughs> Not objectified because obviously they had the power as well. But I'm like, there was so was much like, male, male nudes, nudity. It was like in culture. virtuous and like it represented like strength and masculinity and like. There was this mm. obsession with like the beauty of mm. like the male body, and then in, in it says in like um, kind of early Victorian times, it, that's why they think people studied classics so much because it was a way for men to look at other men's bodies yeah. in this really acceptable cultural way. Yeah. Wait, it says it in the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Definitely basically, all these gay Victorians are like, "I shall study classics." Ooh, naked men. And it's <laughs> Ian Forster that wrote the book. Is it Ian Forster that wrote the book where he meets his partner and then Maurice? Yeah, yeah. Maurice. It, when they're looking in the British I really want to read them, Reese. I haven't. I know. Yeah, well, there's a film of it as well, so we could maybe we watch, watch the, the film. film. Ooh. Next year, we could do Banging Film Club. Banging. <laughs> Does that have the same? Oh, how many films involve but, sex? But, <laughs> or frantic film. Fucking film. Sure. Work it out. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Sure. Sure, Lena. Um, yeah, so I thought. And is that why loads of private schools value classics so much? Because actually they private were founded by schools. massive gay men. I mean, like, a lot of private schools for boys, it's a very homosocial environment. Yep, and it's also one that's kind of based in, a, like, kind of classic gentrified I'll help you, you help well me. Like to study mythology. Also, one of the things that I find super interesting is that, I can't remember which country or time it was, maybe, like, Roman, Roman time, I can't remember... But it's said that, like, men who love each other and, like, sleep together, that will create a more effective army. Yeah. Because they'll they'll better work together um, and fight together. It was for, a, like, chivalry. Part yes. of chivalry was having sex. But then also, so, like, this is what's problematic, is that I feel like a lot of the history in this book, and maybe that's just a lot of the history in general, who knows, because this is probably one of my only windows into this, mm-hmm. um, is very, like age like there's always an age dominance yeah, yeah the, young, the young the young boys and it's always and, like, symbolized by sucks. a beard and a non-beard because as we discussed with the perv discussion mm. like there are situations where we really can't be liberal enough to accept pedophilia like yeah. there's just no there is no way for me to find any part of my yeah. liberalism and surely like, in that they're culture. usually not children they are like adolescent yeah. They're like teenagers. But that means you're bringing up... Yeah, yeah, you're bringing up adolescent men. And so it's perpetuating this, like, when you're that age, you're taking advantage of, and then you become the person who takes advantage. Mm. Weird. But they wouldn't have seen it as taking advantage. No, but they would... It was a power play still, I would have... But in the same way... Because it was like a rite of passage, almost. That's what's so hard about oppression. It's like, if somebody doesn't think they're being oppressed, are they being oppressed? (laughs) Because there's lots of women in history that are very happy to have... 20 children and die at 40 because they push them all out so who am I to say oh you're being you're a so shit for what... yeah yeah anyway this is a lot of big questions <laughs> I know <laughs> there's so much to ask um one thing that it doesn't mention which I remember learning at uni which I thought was so interesting was about um homosexuality in the military because because mm, of- really? often like until recently, like, it was... You couldn't be gay in the military. Like, you just couldn't. Um, but also, 
a lot of historians has have called the Second World War a national coming out experience because it was when, and also like the Vietnam War and for Americans, it was this national coming out experience because when they were like signing up, like what was it called when they were in for the draft? Enrolling? Yeah, enrolling. When they were enrolling, they had to like state like, have you ever had any like homosexual desires or like have you ever partaken in homosexual behaviors and so like if you said yes then you couldn't fight and you might have to like go to a doctor or whatever but you also had to prove that you're gay like you had to have a letter from like a psychiatrist or a doctor being like this person's gay um that's so weird but it's like but it basically war forced so many men and women to like come out because either they were caught or they didn't fight or like it was like yeah is insane. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I mean, the, would, would and also could... a lot of straight men, especially... Americans in the Vietnam War pretended to be gay so they wouldn't have to go to war. Yeah. But then they'd be completely ostracized from the whole community and society. Yeah, because it's, yeah. And that's scary. That wasn't mentioned. Like, if you were, right, so imagine if the whole world was gay and you were straight and you knew that if you came out as straight, you'd have to go to war. Would you lie? Or would you? Wait, say that again. Wait, wait, so which way around? If it was reversed, would you. Admit that you were straight and be ostracised, or would you pretend to be gay and go to war? I mean, because it's weird. As a straight person, I'm not as like I don't have that I like attachment to, to my sexuality. I like to think that, that I would admit so my sexuality to... because also like I don't want to die. I would admit my mm. sexuality because I'm also a Quaker and a pacifist. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so I, I'd already be a conscientious that objector. Whole actual war thing. I'm also scared like... of guns. Yeah. <laughs> I would hate to be in war. I feel anyone who can do it, well done. Yeah. But that was interesting. The other thing that I like that it mentioned was about um, the Holocaust. Because it's like, so it, 
I'm sorry, I'm like completely stealing this chat, but I just find it really Go interesting. For it. Go this for is it. like uh, your like. Yeah, it's exactly. nice to watch somebody enjoy their passion. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, sure. This was about enough history for me for the month. <laughs> really? Yep. There is so, this is like literally skimming the surface. I like natural history. Is... I could like, read about trees all day. Really? I've read like eight books what? about trees. I fucking love trees. So you Whoa. know like Gossip from the Forest by Sarah Maitland is literally the history of trees in Britain. No, no advice. It's so good. Anyway, continue. Wow, Lena. So I understand. Okay. I haven't read eight books about trees. That was no worries. Wow, where's my historical passion? <laughs> I did a degree in it. You'll find it. Like, like it's so depressing trying to write a dissertation on women being used yeah, as tools of yeah. war through abuse. Yeah. Like, I can't say that's my passion. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's also just like, what's your gripe? You used... <laughs> you used the word gripe earlier, Lucy, and I really enjoyed it. I can't Did remember I? how, but I was like, yeah, I, I latched onto the word gripe. I was like, when you were like, one of my gripes is that it oh. stretches something. Mm. But like, that's the thing, like, it, it's, what's the difference between a passion and a gripe? Because there's lots of things that like annoy me, but like, I would do them as my job. Mm. Because I'm like, that annoys me so much that I need to fix, fix it. it. Sure. Hmm. But back to so the like, Holocaust. I think you have, I think you have <laughs> historical gripes, but maybe not. Oh, I have, call I it have hardcore historical Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I think you do, it's just that it's different. It's because hate. Hannah loves sex, and Hannah, that's why it's a passion. <laughs> and not a gripe. Whereas you can't love the oppression of women in war, but you can, like, love it can studying be a gripe. It. it can be, like, a thing that you're like, oh, that annoys me so much. I want to know like, about it. Yeah, passions can be a bad thing. So I good. like Gandhi. <laughs> he likes you too. He, did, he didn't <laughs> like women. Um, no, well, it's complex. Yeah, <laughs> it's complicated. <laughs> oh, right, um, tell me more about um, the Holocaust. Yes, okay, so um, people who were homosexual were also persecuted under the Nazis and sent to concentration camps. The Pink Triangle. We know this. I did not know the Pink Triangle thing. Just put you didn't know the Pink Triangle. Didn't know the Pink Triangle thing at all. Oh, it was did a not. Nazi thing. Don't did you it. also know that um, basically before the Nazis, Pink? symbolised masculinity and blue symbolised femininity and putting a pink yeah I know I just dropped my book gender for anyone who's gender constructs there is no gender to colours what but then the Nazis come along and they make the pink triangle and homosexuality is associated with femininity and pink becomes a feminine colour is that seriously true yeah but they, they, oh, used, they didn't use there used to be adverts for like pink clothes for your baby boy because that, oh, yeah, that was a strong masculine colour. you talk about the Holocaust, I'm going to be over here <laughs> processing that. And also, what was your word? Pre-feminism. Po- Proto. Proto-feminism. I'll just be processing it. Processing everything. I know, right? <gasps> oh, so basically, after the war, basic every group that was persecuted by the Nazis kind of got some sort of compensation, retribution, like the Jews and um, political prisoners and disabled people, like everyone that they kind of fucked up yeah really fucked over um except for homosexual people because it was still illegal in germany to be homosexual so they were just never given that we're sorry basically they never got that until like the 70s 80s when it like things changed and so and especially because um one of the things that some like historians used to um not to excuse the Nazis, but to, like, um, explain their behaviour. They were like, oh, these men did these horrible things because they were gay. Like, the Nazis were homosexual, and it's their perversion that made them do all of these horrible things. And so then the homosexuals that were persecuted by the Nazis are like, 
hang on a second, mate. Yeah. <laughs> like, Look, yeah. <laughs> like, excuse What me. we're looking at is a crisis of masculinity, yeah. very different from a crisis of homosexuality. <laughs> but yeah, so, so it's just like, they're literally were the like hidden victims of the Holocaust for decades. That is sick, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the Holocaust was generally quite sick, so it's hard to add to that. Yeah. But like, but they, they managed it. They got it added to, unfortunately. Yeah. I'm not okay with that. No. Yeah. Also, kind of related, this page was my fave, uh, which is the... Wait, hold on. Is it the pretty one with the pretty... That's my favourite. Oh no, which the one? Quilt. Which one was the pretty you, one? No, 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 no. This one. That I love it. Yeah. Um, the rainbow. This wasn't the one I was, but this one is the rainbow poster that says, The family tree stops here, darling. <laughs> I love, love that. I kind of want it on my wall, even yeah. though yeah. maybe it's appropriation because I'm straight. Somebody tell me. <laughs> um, tell me in the comments whether tell I'm appropriating me. cultures. I haven't done but it. But it's yet. also art. So it is also art. I have a lot of art um, on my walls. It's the page that is 103 towards equality, and it talks about it, um, homosexuality in Britain. And I didn't know that in fucking 1957, it was yeah. recommended that the decriminalization of homosexual behaviour between consenting adults in private was yeah. fucking drawn up, and they were given. They presented a massive report about it, mm-hmm. and the Conservative government. Just didn't act on it. They were yeah. like, no. Despite all recommendations or, and organisations, just just stop. Oh, just didn't. Was like, nah. I'm and pre- then we bloody didn't get it till 1974. I'm pretty 67, isn't it? And also, sorry. oh, it was pe- pe- it was decriminalised in 67, so oh, 10 sorry. years after that. I'm pretty sure also in the Wolfenden report, it was also recommended to decriminalise prostitution. Oh, really? We've still, we've still not done that, though. <laughs> just sitting on that. So, I was so I think, stunned. Well, I think, I think it was about, Excuse I, me, sir. I think it was about prostitution and homosexuality, the report. But well, we'll I was absolutely stunned that in India, it took until 2009 for them to decriminalise homosexuality. Is it 2009? Bear in mind, in 1947, the first government they had was socialist. So they've been, like, relatively socialist. No, but it was, it was Britain that, like, messed everyone up, like, the colonies and stuff. Because a lot of like African countries that still have really yeah. strict rules on homosexuality is literally the rules that we gave them. That was well, a really great inclusion in the book is that just they point out they're like lots of these other countries still think it's illegal probably because they were occupied by the British Empire though. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. And I was like thank you because and otherwise it would have been a little bit like all. Oh, yeah. all of those foreign countries still think it's bad. Yeah. It's like, and no, look, how, look how better we are. the no, introduction of Christianity. We, we that's the big one. It's really hard to like not have self-hatred for being British sometimes. I know one of the things um, that I think about when I look at the British Museum, I'm like, mm, here's all the things that we stole. Yeah, yeah. I went the whole way to Egypt to go to the pyramids. Guess what's in them? Fucking nothing. They're <laughs> empty. They're all in the British Museum. They're all. Oh wait, it's all in the British Museum. I mean, I wasn't indignant for myself. Also, this towards Alone, equality. But... The towards equality page. I thought it was really funny. There was like, excuse my language slash my prepubescent language. But like the butt licking of the guy of the British Museum, like I thought uh, it was so right. funny. The I was like, oh, ha ha ha! What are the chances he was the director of the British <laughs> Museum? Branding, yeah. yeah. Um, what else did I like? Also, I want to know more he put about... a straight ally in inverted commas. <laughs> yeah. Like, what does that mean? I thought Sarcasm? that when the when the author's voice came through, it was in really weird ways. Yeah. I don't know. I did think it was very strange. I think it is really hard to write an impartial history, but like it's, it's a bit shit when they when they they should know that and they're not. I don't know. Yeah, no, I feel the same. It is a bit. I, don't, I think it's weird when people try and do things yeah. in an unbiased. I want to um, pose something to you that's like an argument that some historians have about 
when homosexuality was decriminalised in 67 in the UK is that actually it was ultimately not a good thing. Hear me out. So you know how people say, like, 1961, the pill, contraception, liberation of women, it was great. But then there's, like, this counter-argument that actually it made women not be able to say no. Because before, they could say no to sex because they're like, don't want to get pregnant. But they were like, oh, but you're on the pill, so, like, have sex with me. And there was not enough education around consent that it was like it almost oppressed women further because it, it came one came without the other yeah because they were like you so the tools came without the conversation kind of um and so it's kind of similar to that like 1967 homosexually decriminalized over 21 and in private that those are the requirements and it's the in private thing and so i can't remember which historian it was only for men as well Oh, lesbianism was never criminalised in the first place. Like, they didn't think it existed. I'll be I've there. got another fact about that to tell you in a second, but after this. I've got a book on my head. <laughs> Lena can't handle this. You look like but, a... Call the midwife. Call the sex wife. Call the sex I'm in need of a sex education. Oh, Lena. But because it was... It's specified in private. Like, before then, there were all of these subcultures and they were fairly, like, public-ish. They just, you know, you just couldn't, like, be openly gay, but, like, the subcultures still existed and people knew about them and they they were there if you looked for them kind of thing. But then this law comes in and it's like, okay, you can do it in private. This historian said that it actually made homosexual people go back into the closet because they could only do it in private. And it was, like, just private and it said you could still be arrested for kissing in public, holding hands in public. Oh, it's so ridiculous. And so it actually, like, I don't know, had some good things because it was decriminalised to, like, inherently be gay like it was no longer a crime just to be gay but it did mean that you couldn't be gay in public there were way then more you weren't laws allowed to be gay in public before no but but it was or because it's not legal to be gay yeah you could just be like we're just holding hands because yeah. we're two straight people exactly. who really like each other's palms yeah exactly <laughs> i love your palms babe <laughs> so it's, 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 it's weird like i don't know like if there are any like old people God, out there so listening who it? lived through that yeah, could you let us know? My could you let us know? No, my parents aren't that old. And they're also not gay. And they're also, yeah. That's a very good thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. There's that. Um, the le- thing about lesbianism. Hmm. Okay. I thought you were going to hit my throat. Then. Oh, no, sorry. Um, so, in 1919 in the UK and then 1921 in Germany, or the other way around, I can't remember, but it's around that time, there was a bill in Parliament to proposing to criminalise lesbianism. So to criminalise sexual indecency between women. Didn't they have better things to do in 1919? Like sort out the fucking <laughs> leftover bits of the war? <laughs> like they were doing that and then planning Treaty great of Versailles. Like, oh. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Okay, but they basically, some people were like, we should stop, we should tell women that they can't do this and it's illegal and, and punish them for it. But the bill didn't get passed. And in the... The committee writings, you can actually find it. It says, like, oh, but it will um, give women ideas, so we shouldn't criminalise it because then they'll know that it exists and they'll do it. <laughs> oh, dear. Us innocent That's, women. I know. Protected by the men. <laughs> because I yeah. would have no idea that I could kiss another woman if this male-made law... Makes it racy, didn't, hey? Didn't yeah. tell me not I could to be a do it. Just can you imagine how amusing that conversation was of all these, like, pompous old men in Parliament talking about lesbianism? 
I really mm. fancy, like, I wish I could, like, hear that back. Oh, so this sexual indecency between That's women. That's where I'd go back to. What, 1919 in Parliament? Have horrible histories ever covered that? Because <laughs> I think it would make a great song. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, oh, my goodness. Also, I really liked that they included Shakespeare, but just on one page, because I think sometimes people can get really carried away with the fact that yeah. Shakespeare was props by. But it also and, really like, cover clarified a lot for me. Yeah, because I, I, so much of of the colloquial like uh, history we tell each other is like, oh yeah, Shakespeare was definitely gay. You know, you get a lot of that or like, oh yeah, this person in Did history you know? was definitely gay. Yeah. And um, obviously... But that's like, that's good, good evidence to there to kind of like... But I like that a short summary yeah. with some nuances. Not that he would have had any understanding of what bisexuality was. No, but I think, I think it was a good summary and it yeah. didn't even include like, so there's the one that I remember was um, at the end of the one that everybody reads out in, in um, weddings that's like, let me not to the marriage of true minds and bitter yeah. headlines. At the end it's like, um, if this be error and upon me proved, I never writ, comma, nor no man ever loved. And it's like, does he mean that if, no, like, if, he, if he's wrong about love, then no man ever loved on earth? Or does he mean that if he's wrong about love, then... He never fucked a man. Yeah, <laughs> That's basically the two. It's like, Ooh. or no man ever loved. Uh, <laughs> it's like not anyway. I'm yeah, because it's the most romantic. Yeah, and it's like it? Shakespeare is pers- like purposefully hiding his sexuality from people while expressing it in a really clever way. Yeah, so it's I really like annoying that. to be like he was like tote yeah. the homo, what a puff, because. <laughs> He purposely oh was private about it by being public about it, and that's why yeah. he's a clever little sod. Also, on the like topic of <laughs> like when, when maybe the use sod. Maybe we sod. 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 Yeah, sod, sodomy. We can't use the word sod, can we? No, sodomy. I don't know. It's I definitely just... still use it because it just feels like a British word. I, I think of it's it like as like bugger, okay. It? I think of it as I like should... cod. Sod, guys. I will. I will delete that from my language because it's not okay. Okay. But on the on the topic of like you know projecting onto the past, being like, oh, this person was gay, this person was bi, I feel like, I mean, I don't want to speak on behalf, but a lot of people in the LGBT community find comfort in that, of like, yeah. oh, that people like me did exist in the past. And a friend of mine who's bi, we were talking about Romeo and Juliet, and he was saying that like he interprets that whole play as about bisexuality and about it being like this forbidden love and that being the other love like the the fact that they're from like different houses it's like that's kind of irrelevant it's just like it symbolizes like homosexual love i really like that reading and the thing is is that like i could be like oh you're wrong what the hell it's like Romeo and julia it's like man and woman or whatever but like for him he finds comfort in that and that's his interpretation and he's like no, I like this because it makes sense to me. Like, do you know what I mean? I that's know. okay. I liked that. And I feel like that's fine. It doesn't necessarily... But that's different. That's not... It's a fictional play. So I feel like you can do that with it. But when you're actually talking about real people who existed in history, like, mm. you can do that less with that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. because Romeo and Juliet are characters. And yeah, you can... I project all of my shit onto them, so why should anybody else? <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm like, oh... Um, <laughs> But there's more Shakespeare plays to do, like the as, as You Like It, I think is what they're talking about in their book. Where the, all of the cross-dressing, yeah. I'm reading Orlando by Virginia Woolf at the moment. Uh, that See, was mentioned this was in something this. that really interested me. I was like, since when was Virginia Woolf by? This got so much more interesting very fast. Yeah. I'd love and to read more about that lot. Getting on with that woman who was, was consciously married to a bisexual man. Yeah, and, and they, they were, were both yeah. having sex. 
I love that. The more I know about Virginia Woolf, the more I like it. I need Although to Mrs. Alloway needs to be rewritten. That was really boring. Yeah, <laughs> I got halfway through and I was like, what's oh my God. happening? <laughs> I don't there think was I, no why artistic still like, on her reason day. for this to be this boring. So is the other one better? The other one, whatever you're reading um, right Orlando. now. Orlando. Yes, Orlando. it's really like fantastical and narrative and like tongue-in-cheek. Okay, but then so A Room of One's Own is excellent. If she writes okay. in her own voice, then it's great. I just don't know if I like her fiction very much. But I'm yeah. all enjoying Orlando so far. Amazing. Um, yeah. Cool. Final thoughts, ladies, on a little gay history. It was a little gay. <laughs> <laughs> in, but in not for you. Not a little gay for me. <laughs> Were you gay for this book? No. no I, yeah, my orientations shine through. <laughs> I really like the last sentence, and it says, History does not belong only to the mainstream victors, and minorities should not feel as though they are marginal. On a long view, no one occupies the centre. It belongs to all of us. Woo! Which is kind of cool, but also kind of belongs to them. <laughs> yeah. This bit belongs to them. Um, but I think that we should also learn about it. I think it's a great overview, and if you can't get to a museum, or you don't desire to spend a long time in a museum, it's a great way. Or also a long yeah. time reading a longer book. Yeah, it really <laughs> is an exhibition in a book. Yeah, my my impressions of LGBT history were like pretty grey, and now they're a little bit rainbow. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think it's just a good yeah. overview to be like, I'm aware that that happened. I think one of the other things about why like learning about the history of homosexuality is like so important is because any other history of marginalised groups gets passed on through the families so like I'm Jewish and I learned about Jewish history from my mum and my grandma and all of that like and if you're born into any other marginalized group where it is like you're born into it like your mm. your parents are the same as you then you learn about it through your family even if the mainstream aren't talking about it you still learn about it whereas if you're gay if you're LGBT your parents aren't necessarily LGBT because that's not mm. how it works. Mm. And so you will grow up in, like, not you will, but you could grow up in isolation, not learning about your history because your parents aren't passing it down to you. So you yeah. actually, like, so it's a lot more difficult mm. to find out your history. And I also think it's really important to learn about that kind of stuff because it's also you're learning the history of patterns of oppression. Mm -hmm. So you can yeah. spot them again when they happen. You go, oh, actually, we treated this marginalised group like this. And actually, the most common thing in all of these things is how the, the people with supremacy treat people who they don't think are worthy. So I think it's really important to be like, it, you shouldn't compare every single group of like minority that's been oppressed mm. throughout history, but it's also really interesting because I'm like, we've done this before, <laughs> I think and it's that shit. Every person who's ever going to occupy a position of power in government has to do a compulsory history course on how You'd much hope they that messed that was up. Just the curriculum. I, I wish. I just wish that they had to because yeah, stuff like yeah. this is so important. I think we should. I think that the UK government should pay Hank and John Green to give crash, <laughs> personal crash courses in the British Empire to every politician. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The end. Because the Americans know best, and now we've gone full circle. <gasps> Back where we started. Wow. Nina's skepticism about the supremacy of America. <laughs> Next month we are reading Trumpet by Jackie Kay. Which I am so excited for. Can I just say, this is the book I'm most excited for. I'm yeah. sorry if you hate it, because I'm the only person who's read it and I love it. But you know when you love something and then you're like, it's like you watching your favourite trees. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not really sure what to do with these. Okay, so if you want to read along next month, then read Trumpet by Jackie Kay. And you can find a reading list of everything that we are going to be reading for the rest of the year. 
in the description. And December is your choice. So have a think. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. As we said in last month's podcast, we are now on iTunes and we said we would give little shout outs to people that gave us nice reviews. So here come the shout outs. Dylan Saunders. Woo! Rowan E. Yeah! Hannah Taduck. Woo! Alicia2605. Yeah! Coolest dude ever, GSG. Woo! Your paranoid killjoy. Woo! Woo. Come on, guys. Sorry. (laughs) Obsidian 3. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Agnes Darion. The Shadow is Sticks. (gasps) Farley Granger. Exhausted Eloise. Aww. Bonnie. Woo! Livy Live Lou. Yeah. Shut my up. Yeah. <laughs> I am loving all of your retro usernames, guys. Um, I love music 455. Yes. Um, <laughs> Appenal 2002. Woo! Nancy L. Yeah. Oh, yeah, same. Nancy. Uh, mm-hmm. And Sophie Sparkles. Yeah, woo! I hope you do karaoke Sophie Sparkles because I would totally be announced on stage with that name. <laughs> Thank you guys for leaving us nice reviews and we will do the same next month for new people that leave us some nice reviews and ratings. Yes, please. That Thank would you. be great. Yeah. And mm-hmm. subscribe to the podcast. Woo. We have exciting news. We said this last month and now we're announcing the exciting news. Uh, oh, so much thigh. <laughs> we're going to be at Summer in the City. Woo. Doing a thing. Doing a banging book club thing on the... Main, main stage. stage. Main the stage. Banging Book Club have a slot at some point on Sunday. We do not know when, but we will update you on that. And for some reason, yeah. we're on the main stage. Sex is going viral. <laughs> already. We're going to be on stage in front of lots of teenagers doing this. Um, I love it. Talking about willies. Can we bring actual aubergines? Ooh. Aubergines? Aubergines. Aubergines. <laughs> Oh my god, we need to show you that clip once this is done. Okay. Seven. That's how we should leave the podcast. Bye guys, thank you. Seven. 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 Oh no, I know what's happening. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Yeah, I know what we're talking about. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 